You know, some of the most fascinating people in the world, in my opinion, are Catholic priests. They commit their lives to serving the members of the church. They take vows of chastity, obedience, and in some cases, poverty. They listen to hours and hours of confessions, and I know that they have some amazing stories about seeing people come back into the church. And yet they experience the same ups and downs of life as we all do. Periods of loneliness or frustration, times of happiness and joy, physical illness, periods of doubt, and the strength that they exhibit through it all is the testimony of a life offered out of love for Christ and others. Truly beautiful. And that's why it was so important to me to have outstanding priests be a part of the Journey of Hope conference, to be a light and example to those who are suffering through the trials of divorce. Hi, I'm Lisa Duffy with lisaduffy.com, and today I'm pleased to introduce you to one of those priests, Father Jeffrey Kirby. Father Kirby is a Catholic priest of the Diocese of Charleston, South Carolina. He holds a doctorate in moral theology from Holy Cross University in Rome and a Master's of Arts in Philosophy from the Franciscan University of Steubenville. Father Kirby has served in many roles since his ordination as a professor of theology at Belmont Abbey College in North Carolina, as an author of several books, as a radio and television personality, and most importantly, as a shepherd to two different parishes in South Carolina. I hope you enjoy my candid conversation with Father Kirby. Well, Father Kirby, I want to thank you for taking time out of your very busy schedule to uh, do this podcast. I'm excited to have you on and definitely excited to have you as a speaker at the Journey of Hope Conference, so welcome. Thank you very much, Lisa. Glad to be a part of this important work. Um, Something that I like to start out with when I do these podcasts with the various speakers is, you know, hear the story about what led that person to become a canon lawyer or, you know, the various things that speakers um, have been doing. So I would like to ask you the same question. What inspired you to become a priest? I think first first and foremost, um, you know, it was my own relationship with the Lord, just in seeing, you know, the reality of grace. Like we forget that, you know, grace is real. You know, this isn't, um, you know, the Catholic version of, you know, fairy dust or something like this is, uh, grace is real, it works, it can it can bring healing, it can bring transformation. Uh, so I saw that in my life, in the life of other believers, and that was very compelling, because in, in a culture that can be obsessed with self-help, the realization that God's grace can bring about wonderful things, virtue, light, holiness, uh, that was just... Yeah, just very powerful for me. And that relationship with the Lord eventually just led me to asking questions. And, and when I first thought about the priesthood, I was like, nah. <laughs> you, know, like, you know, I was thinking originally about maybe um, a career in law and, um, you know, as a lawyer and, and, and you know, human rights and, and various things. And really it was just the, their journey with, with the Lord, asking questions and you know, we speak about the obedience of faith, and, and, it, and it grew in my heart the idea of the priesthood. 
you know, I was like, well, if I'm going to be a good disciple, then I have to pursue this. I have to be willing to to see whether this is what the Lord is asking of me. Because, you know, we live in a culture as well that we're all about me. Right. <laughs> you know? and, and discipleship really begins to deepen when the disciple stops asking what's best for him or her, you know, what, the, what, what they want from the Lord. And, and when the question changes and it becomes, you know, Lord, what do you want from me? You know, and it's a dangerous question. <laughs> you know? yeah. But... Um, but it's the beginning of discipleship. So I think, you know, the, you know this, that relationship, and, and of course there are all the, the stories that go along with that and, you know, the, the wrestling or the difficulties of discernment. But at the heart of it, it was, well, if I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ and these are the questions I'm supposed to ask and you know, this is the obedience of faith that I'm supposed to offer. So that was the, the beginning and the, the compelling part of, of my own discernment and acceptance of my vocation. Well, that's really beautiful, and I love that openness. I, I agree. I think sometimes the direction that God takes us in can be fairly difficult to accept. And I know that a lot of um, the people who will come to the conference to hear you speak or that will listen to this podcast can definitely relate because very few people stand at the altar intending to get divorced. And so... You know, when you find yourself divorced after committing your, your life to someone else, that's really hard to accept, and it's really hard to look to God and say, now what do you want? You know, uh, a lot of times, and I unfortunately know this from personal experience, when you're in that kind of pain, you definitely are thinking, what about me? You know, it's all about me. It's all about relieving this pain. It's all about feeling better and restarting my life. So that is a difficult question to ask at times. But I think you did um, a beautiful thing. And, you know, thanks to you, we have you for the church and to bring us the sacraments and things. So it's so beautiful. Thank you. Yes, no, my pleasure. And I also want to point out that, you know, that question, uh, wherever we are in our own discipleship or in the struggles or difficulties or sorrows of life, it's also a, a very liberating question. You know, when the disciple mm -hmm. really turns to the Lord and says, you know, Lord, what, what do you want? You know, whether it's this tragedy, whether it's divorce, whatever it might be, and say, you know, Lord, you know, what what was that all about? <laughs> you, know what I mean? right. like, you know, and, uh, and, and, and what do you want from me now? Uh, that's a liberating question because it, it places the weight in its proper place. You know, that the, the Lord carries that weight for us. We're not expected to carry that. What am I going to do? What am I supposed to do? Well, you know, um, let's put first things first, and, and let's ask the Lord, because some of that weight, uh, he's more than willing to carry for us or with us. Nice. Yes, that's definitely something that is easy to forget um, and something that we should remember. Um, <clears throat> so since your ordination... You've done a lot of things, very wonderful things, um, helping young people discern their vocations. You've co-written a series of books for children. You've worked with the sick. You've done radio, video. Um, you're pretty popular out there. And I think that's just, you know, great. Um, you're constantly helping people with their understanding of the faith and helping them come closer to God. And so you must have a deep unique understanding of the human condition after doing all that. 
how does that experience translate to addressing these difficulties that divorced men and women face? Yes, well, you know, first, I, you know, I very much like a, a quote um, that Pope St. John Paul II gave us. He said, you know, there, uh, the Catholic priest is the greatest witness to humanity. You know, the hmm. Catholic priest sees everything, you know, and, and sometimes a priest can see in a day or a week what most people see in a lifetime, you know, so whether that's, you know, the baptism of a baby, the death of someone, the, the suffering, uh, the illness, the divorce, the, the, the joys, the triumphs, the sorrows and tragedies of life. You know, priests can see daily, weekly. You know, he, he is a unique witness to humanity. And, and I think both the training in theology and the workings of grace and just witnessing, you know, human life uh, certainly helps, you know, the priest to... You know, to be that guide and shepherd, especially those who are suffering. So in terms of those who um, have experienced a divorce, you know, first, I, I always like to, to point out that the vast majority of the time, the divorced person who's practicing the faith, the vast majority of the time, is the victim of the divorce. Mm -hmm. You know, so mm -hmm. it takes two people, two healthy people to have a healthy relationship and Oftentimes, it's the one who's still practicing the faith who was the victim of adultery, who was the victim of abandonment, who was the victim of negligence, who was the victim of abuse, who, you know, whatever it might have been. So, you know, first and foremost, I say to those who are practicing the faith, like, you know, the church understands this. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and, and after the death of a loved one, you know, divorce is number two in terms of the worst experience one can uh, walk through, one can have happen to them uh, in this life. So, just of all, just the realization there that when the church speaks of divorce, she understands that the vast majority of the time, the ones who are there are the ones who are actually the ones who are hurting because of the divorce, you know. Yeah. And then with that is, you know, the, 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 the good news that God can heal that, you know, that uh, his permissive will may have allowed this great tragedy, but he can bring a good from it. Mm -hmm. And he can allow healing to be brought forth. So, you know, sometimes it's just a realization there's light at the end of the tunnel, mm -hmm. and it's not a train, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, and there is cause for great hope in God's grace and the healing and the hope that that grace can give each of us, especially those who have gone through a divorce. Yes, definitely. I know in my experience, um, I was out in my home state of California when it all happened to me and there really <clears throat> are very few things that can bring consolation during that time because it's it's like a bomb went off in your life <clears throat> and you're trying to walk around and pick up the pieces and put things back together again but seeing a, a particular priest Father Joe he brought me consolation just the fact that he was a priest I think <clears throat> definitely helped me feel that God was close to me. But I do believe that, you know, that in persona Christi sort of element is a great consolation. It definitely was to me. And so I think that um, that's another reason why people come to church. They know God is there, but the priests, they are like a visual um, example of that, if that makes yeah. sense. 
Yes, very much. That's that's uh, as you say in persona Christi. Uh, that that's what the priest is supposed to be, and, and, and a joyful priest uh, just adds to that. Um, many times in my priesthood, I know that when I walk into an ICU unit or into the life of someone who's been divorced or whatever it might be, and the initial response is hope or um, the beginnings of hope, I know that has nothing to do with me. Yeah, I realize that that is, <clears throat> that is the office of Jesus Christ and the entrance of, of Christ and his light in that person's life. And, and the priest is, he's called to personify that, to, to be you know, a tangible witness to the person who's suffering, to the person who needs God's presence. And, yeah, that's, that's, that's one of the gifts of the Sacrament of Holy Orders. It's, it's why we have it within the life of the church because we need it. I need it. Like in, in times of difficulty or tragedy, I, I need one of my brother priests to minister to me. Mm. And that's why Christ has sent us these shepherds in order to help us in our own discipleship. Now, when you're going through a divorce, it's so devastating and it's so important to have someone to reach out to who can offer you compassionate support, words of consolation. And that's why I wanted to ask Father Kirby what kind of advice he might give to someone suffering from a divorce. And of course, his response was wonderful. So you've said a lot of um, great things right now. And I just want to hone in on anything you might have specifically for someone who is listening to this podcast who may be feeling completely discouraged, completely hopeless about their situation. And I know not everyone who goes through divorce has that experience, but many, many do. I know I did, I, especially because I was Catholic. I came from a traditional Catholic family. And um, the shame that was brought on by that label, divorce, was overwhelming. Um, and a lot of times it's difficult to reconcile this fact. I'm Catholic and divorced. How does that happen? And so, you know, that can often, um, you know, incite this level, very high level of discouragement and hopelessness. What would you say to someone like that who may be listening? I, I would say a, a few things. First, uh, the church loves you. And the church is a field hospital, uh, as the Holy Father reminds us. And there is no wound or hurt in this life that God's grace cannot heal. And mm. we need you to be a part of the church, and grace can help you. So that would be my, my major message to anyone who is in sorrow or confusion or who is hurting from divorce. Church loves you, and, and she can help. You know, she can help this pain, you know, to, to heal. That's, that's so beautiful. And <clears throat> it's important for people to understand that the civil divorce decree in and of itself does not prevent them from receiving sacraments. I like to point out that what does prevent anyone, married, not married, divorced, religious, from receiving sacraments is not being in a state of grace. And there are many ways that that can happen. So if someone is, you know, practicing, the, divorced, but practicing their faith and not, you know, 
doing things they know they shouldn't be doing, like cohabitating or sleeping with someone, things like that, getting remarried without an annulment, that they are encouraged and welcome to receive the sacraments. Isn't that right, Father? Absolutely, yes, yes. In fact, that question just came up this, this past week. And, uh, you know, strongly, I said, yes, come, come to the sacraments, like especially uh, after the divorce when, you know, life is overwhelming when, you know, a person, you know, the whole, whole person's perspective of, of family, of relationship, of stability is gone. Like, more than ever, not only are they, are they allowed, but they need the sacraments, confession and, and the Eucharist. And yes, 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 the, the divorce, the civil divorce itself does not bar anyone from the reception of any of the sacraments. So uh, I, I would say not only go, but frequent them, you know, especially in a time of great hurt and suffering because, you know, again, grace is real. It can heal. It can help them. Yes. Yes, and I think that you answered my next question, which is actually nice. Um, I was just going to point out that, you know, one of the most difficult aspects of being a divorced Catholic is that feeling of disconnect from one's parish and not feeling welcome. I've been there many times. Um, you know, I also know this feeling and have had many people discuss this with me, which is just feeling too embarrassed to come to church and show their face because they are divorced. So um, I, I appreciate your words of encouragement because this is just a really critical time for someone to not shy away but to stay close and to receive confession and the Eucharist as often as possible. Um, yes, it's, and be involved. I mean, you know, d depending on the, the nature of divorce, you know, if, if there are small children, of course, you know, that, that, that is the priority. But, you know, in some cases, the children are older or so on. And so I, I say to those who are newly divorced, um, who are still kind of healing, you know, uh, one of the best ways to let God's grace heal our sufferings is to be an instrument of healing to the sufferings of others. So get involved. You know, like, get involved. Serve the poor. You know, serve the sick. Um, <laughs> Know, um, so not only should the divorce should they should not feel isolated or removed, but as they're able, depending on their state in life, they should be heavily involved. <laughs> you know, like, you know yeah. so um, you know because that that spiral of emotion, you know, uh, when it gets dark, if if the person's not careful, it just gets darker and darker. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I say stop that. You know, stop it. You know, like we're gonna let some light in you know, the grace of the sacraments. And uh, as you're able, we're going to put you to work. You know, and, uh, get out of your head, get out of your own heart, and uh, pay attention to some other people. And as you focus on the Lord's work, uh, he's going to focus on yours. Mm -hmm. And wherever he dwells, he brings healing and power. So, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Divorced person should not feel removed or isolated or ostracized by the Christian community. Not at all. That's uh, that's so great, and, and something everybody needs to hear because it's it's just so easy to get inside yourself and uh, live like a hermit. It's too easy. I know um, one woman told me she attended my Journey of Hope Parish program, and she told me on that first night that she had actually signed up for one six months before, but she couldn't. She would come every night and sit in her car and cry because she couldn't bring herself to come in. 
So, you know, I think that that message, that those words that you just said are important. Not only are you welcome and encouraged to attend, but we need you. And, you know, if you, I always say that if you've been through a divorce, you have a special gift, you've carried a heavy cross, and there's someone coming after you who needs your assistance in carrying that same cross. It's like a cancer patient talking to a cancer survivor. There's a special language that they speak and, and they understand it and the survivor is the unique person that can help the, the patient carry that cross. Does that make sense? Absolutely, yes. yes. Yeah. And, and the call of the Christian community, you know, that, uh, that we support our own and, and the person who has gone through you know, such as a divorce or, or other difficulty that, you know, they have their own experience and their experience enlightened by faith. You know, so the person who's had a divorce might have a lot of opinions from people in the world, but the way in which we see it or our message, you know, is very different as believers. So to be with other people who have gone through divorce and are believers, I think it's very significant and very important. Yes. Now, just one last question for you, Father. What do you enjoy most about the work you do? And I know that may not be an easy answer because you do so much, but what is it that makes you get up in the morning and say, I love my life? I would say um, I first said yes to my PC vocation because of my relationship with God and the difference it has made in my life. And my entire priesthood is you know, focused on that goal to help other people draw closer to Jesus Christ. And I think that, you know, in particular the sacraments of healing, so the sacrament of confession and the sacrament of the anointing of the sick are very dear to my heart. Of course, it, it all relies on, you know, the Eucharist and, and, and so on. But in terms of, you know, subjective encouragement to my vocation, mm-hmm. um, I find that the reconciliation of the sinner to God and the consolation of the person who's suffering or dying through the, through the sacraments of healing to be particularly important and powerful. Mm. Um, in part because so many people just, all the masks and the facades, all the games that we try to play to make you know, people do, we all do to try to make ourselves look successful or important or that we have it all together, all those are removed in these sacraments. Mm. You know, mm. the person allows themselves to just be before God. And when we have that transparency, God's grace is able to do its most important work. So I, I particularly enjoy those sacraments, and, and all of the sacraments. It's, that's my priesthood. So it's, you know, celebrating them, teaching them, helping the faithful to understand their importance. You know, that these sacraments are radical encounters with Jesus Christ. And what a great opportunity for me as a priest to bring that grace to the followers of Christ. Absolutely. Well, we're thrilled that you're out there doing that. And um, I just wanted to ask where listeners can find out more about all this great work that you're doing. I would say probably the easiest is um, my my website, frkirby.com. So if they go there, they'll see different resources and um, information on different things and different projects I'm involved with. And um, yes, I think the frkirby.com, and uh, in particular, in a lot of these areas we're talking about, um, there's a, a new program coming out on the role of Our Lady on hmm. the spiritual battle 
So it's uh, Queen of Heaven, Our Lady's Battle for You. And um, I, I think people really enjoy that message of fighting the good fight and allowing Our Lady to help us in our own discipleship. So uh, frkirby.com. Beautiful. Thank you um, for sharing that because, you know, Blessed Mother, wow, you just can't go wrong when you enlist her help. I mean, it's <laughs> amazing. Um, well, Father, thank you so much for, again, spending time with me. Um, I'm excited to meet you in person um, yes. soon, and I'm excited that you will be a, a big part of this conference. So thank you, and we'll look forward to that. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to listen to this edition of the Journey of Hope Conference podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you've missed the other podcasts with other speakers, you can simply go to journeyofhopeconference.com, click on the speaker at the top, and find the podcast below each speaker's bio. And while you're there, don't forget to register for the conference so you can hear and meet these wonderful speakers in person. I'm Lisa Duffy with lisaduffy.com. Thanks so much for listening.